Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Okay, you guys, there is so much more to life than just workouts and healthy recipes. This is all of those real moments, the good, the bad, and the sometimes hilarious things that make life so worth living. So how do you live it? This is the Let's Do Life podcast with me, Autumn Calabrese. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Let's Do Life. I'm your host, Autumn Calabrese, and today we are talking about asking for more. Now, this can be a really touchy subject for people, especially if they feel like they're already living a good life. It might start to feel like you're being greedy if you continue to ask for more or want more. But that's not exactly what I'm talking about today. So first of all, when it comes to living our best lives, we cannot be afraid to go out there and do it. And if that means asking for more and wanting more, then that is okay. And we don't have to feel bad about that in any way, shape, or form. But what we're talking about today really is about how we ask for more. And I'm not talking about material things necessarily. I'm talking about asking for more in your relationships, asking for more from your job, for that promotion that you might want, um, asking for more within a negotiation of sorts, asking for more from yourself, because these are really important conversations that we have, starting with ourselves, asking for more of yourself. I see this so much when it comes to our health, our fitness, our nutrition. We we want a lot for ourselves, but we, we constantly have these conversations going on and these negotiations with ourselves going on about, do I really want more or do I want to stay in my comfort zone? So today I'm actually being joined by somebody who is very near and dear to me. She is one of my good friends. She actually has started off as a client of mine three years ago, and since then has grown so, so much, you guys. I just literally could not be more proud of this woman. She is an award-winning professor at Columbia Law School who teaches about conflict resolution. She trains Fortune 100 companies and diplomats at the UN. She's a wife, a mom of one girl, and she is the author of Ask for More, 10 Questions to Negotiate Anything, It's published by Simon & Schuster, and it just came out on May 5th. You guys, I had the privilege of, one, working with Alex Carter, the author, while she was writing this book. Actually, I was working with her when she came up with the idea of it. So I got to sort of be along for her journey as she wrote this book. And even writing this book was her way of asking for more. It was something she always wanted to do. And finally did it. And here it is. And it's an amazing book. Um, I've read it. Actually, I've read it twice. There's so much knowledge in it. There's so many nuggets in it. There's so much that I have applied from this book. And in all of my conversations, it, it, it's quite an interesting... It's so simple. Let me say this. The concepts in the book and the questions, the 10 questions are so simple that when you read it, you're like, oh my gosh, why haven't I been asking a question like that my whole life? But most of us aren't. We're not asking the right questions when we're talking to ourselves about what we want, when we're talking to a boss, when we're you know, in a conflict with a significant other or a family member. So joining us now, Alex Carter, author of Ask for More, 10 Questions to Negotiate Anything. Alex, welcome to the show. So excited to have you here. Let's dive in. So welcome to the show, Alex Carter. So happy to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Oh my gosh, this is great. I feel like this day has been a long time coming. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, what a journey this has been. Obviously, you and I have been working together for three years now. Three years. And, you know, I remember, I literally remember sitting at my desk, having our Zoom call together, asking you what your big dreams and goals were, and you said how much you wanted to write a book, and there were some things we needed to overcome for you to really feel confident in doing that. And no sooner did we have that conversation, Mm -hmm. it was a couple of short weeks later that you messaged me 
that you had the idea for the book that you wanted to write. And before I knew it, you had gone to town. <laughs> like, like the idea hit you and you were in the groove. And, and, it's, and it's so funny because obviously the title of the book, what it is now, Ask for More, like uh, the, Ask for More and then give us the subtitle. 10 Questions to Negotiate Anything. Anything, yes. But just that main title of Ask for More, it was like no sooner did you put it out there to me slash the universe Mm -hmm. that you wanted something more, you just like opened the door for yourself. Yeah, it's crazy. And when you think about it, Autumn, it even goes back a little further. Do you remember when we first started working together And I had goals to really improve my nutrition and my fitness. And I was trying to treat myself better. I had no idea what doors I was opening when I called you and started that work. And do you remember the first time that I ate off the container system for a week and I texted you and said, I don't know what happened, but I have more energy for work than I have felt in years. I'm going out and like, all of my speaking engagements. I feel like I'm just slaying it up there. And what is happening, Autumn? And that was the start of everything, right? That by, you know, kind of looking in the mirror and getting my stuff down, you know, treating myself right and starting with the basics of like food and exercise, it ended up opening up the door to so much more, not just there, but in my professional life, reaching this huge goal. Well, even before we get that, obviously, look, the name of this podcast is Let's Do Life because I wanted to talk about everything and anything. And part of doing life is not being afraid to ask for what you want and not being embarrassed about it or ashamed of it or thinking you don't deserve it. Like we deserve to have every amazing thing we've ever wanted in our life. I truly believe that. And there is zero shame. So you want to be rich. You want to be filthy rich go do it. Ask for it. There's no shame in that game. You want to be a philanthropist? Go do it. You want to travel? Go do it. Whatever it is. And even before all of that, you actually had to ask for more by emailing me. And I'm going to give you so many props because this is a woman, you guys, who (laughs) is not afraid to cold email like nobody I've ever seen before. And it's interesting because So there was this one time, let me back up real quick. There was this one time I I was probably like 22 years old. I was sitting on, like, I was at my sister's house. We were like hanging out and I was reading a magazine. And I I remember, I think I was reading an article from maybe like, maybe it was like Demi Moore that they were asking questions about. I don't remember which actress it was, but it was a pretty big actress. And um, she was talking about not being afraid of the word no, like not being afraid of rejection. And I remember sitting there and reading that article and she's like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Like somebody's going to say no, like life's not going to be over. It's not that big of a deal. Stop taking it personally. But what's the best thing that could happen? Somebody could say yes and all these doors could open. And I really took that piece of advice into my career and ran with it. And there are so many things that I have been like myself, I'm just going to email this person. It's, It's a shot in the dark and lots of them have just fallen on deaf ears, but a few of them have not. And a few of them have led to amazing things. You did the same thing. Obviously on my website, I have a spot where people can submit um, if they want to work one-on-one with me. I'm very particular. I do not take on a lot of clients at all. It's, it's maybe two or three a year tops because of my schedule. Wow. And I remember I got your email and I was like, oh, this woman is ready to work. <laughs> yes. Like yes to her. For all the ones I would read through and I would be like, nope, Nope. Nope. Yours was so just like, I will do anything you say when you tell me to do it. No questions asked. I'm a go-getter. What do I have to do to work with you? And I was like, that's it. That's all you had to do. (laughs) Oh my God. That, you know, that's amazing. And I wrote that to you. God, Autumn, I was sitting in a hotel room in Belgium and I had been working really hard and like, I was totally out of balance and I wasn't sleeping well and I wasn't eating well. And I came across you on Instagram and I had followed you for a bit and something just told me you need to email her right now. And I did. And it's amazing. Autumn. I have a similar story of the number of times I've reached out to somebody cold and said, 
I want you to work with me, right? And here's why you should do it. And in fact, it wasn't just you. We can get to this later. But when I wrote my book, yes. I didn't get my agent through a connection. Uh-uh. I cold called. I sent an email to one of the most famous agents in the U.S. And she called me the next business day and said, let's do this. Crazy. Like, and yes, we are going to talk about that in just a little bit. But let's just talk, uh, let's just dive into the, to the book. So first yeah. of all, so proud of you. Congratulations. The launch just happened last week. It happened on the 5th? May 5th. May That's 5th, right. right? Yeah. Last Tuesday. Okay. I was like, what day of the week is it? I'm so turned around anymore. So first I may or may not have had some tequila that day. I, I can't get into that. <laughs> uh, listen, I, I'll, I cheers do that day. So proud of you. And so here we are. Ask for more, 10 great questions to ask to negotiate anything in life. So I think out of the gate, people are going to assume this means that you have a conflict with another party mm-hmm. because obviously, you know, your background is law. And so there, you know, the original or the initial thought would probably be, okay, well, why do I need this book? I'm not in a legal battle with somebody. Mm-hmm. So talk to me just about that. Tell, talk to me about, the, about who it's for and how they can, anybody can use it. And then we'll get more specific about some of these questions. Totally. I'm so glad you said that because I bet at least a couple of your listeners up top said negotiation, you know, I don't wear a suit to work and I'm not working in a large corporation. And so that's not me, you know, and I used to think that also. Negotiation is actually not just like the back and forth over money if you're in court or you're in a boardroom. Negotiation is just steering relationships. And I swear it wasn't until I went to Hawaii on my honeymoon with my husband and I got in this kayak, you know, we were on the Wailua River and the guide said to me, negotiate your kayak to the left so we can end up on that beach. And I just thought, oh my God, click. That is it. Negotiation is not just a money conversation. It's how you steer yourself. It's how you steer your relationships. And of course, right, the most important relationship of your whole life is the one you have with yourself. And so when you think of it that way, aren't we all negotiators? Don't we all want to steer our relationships, even in the home, you know, with a, with a spouse or with our kids? Even if you're an entrepreneur with a side hustle, you know, when you're working to get customers and build that base, aren't you looking to steer your relationships with them? And so that's it. You don't have to wear a suit. You don't have to be a guy. You don't have to be the tallest person in the room. In fact, I'm 5'2 in sneakers, right? You know, all you need to do is learn how to ask the right questions of yourself and of the people around you. And you are a negotiator. I love it so much. I mean, literally, I just like, my brain is exploding with all the questions I want to ask you. And I'm like, ah, which, which way do I go? <laughs> I <know laughs> because it is so true. Like you said, you, if we start with ourselves, right, let's, let's start with that. Let's start with the fact that we negotiate with ourselves every single day. Obviously we've been in, in quarantine, right? Like there's so yeah. much to talk about in terms of business and, 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 and all these other things that we're probably having to negotiate in hard situations and being stuck in the house with your spouse 24 seven and all these things. But mm-hmm. let's first start with the negotiation that we have with ourselves because I'm watching it happen with people every day. So mm-hmm. if I tune into the, the nutrition and the taking care of myself side of this negotiation, I'm watching people do it every day, all day where they're like, do I or don't I eat the junk food because I'm stressed out and I'm tired of being stuck at home? And what if the world's ending? I'm, I, wouldn't I regret not eating the chips? I'm like, well, the world's not ending. We're okay. Guys. <laughs> um, but there's this constant negotiation that we're having with ourselves in regards to our health, right? Like, do I or don't I eat the bad food? Do I or don't I eat the good food? Do, our, do I or don't I exercise? Do I go out or do I get more sleep? So how do we use your book and your 10 questions, Ask for More, to start with ourselves? Because like you said, that is the most important relationship. So we got to get that one under control before we take on the rest of the world. 
Yeah, totally. You know, and, and if you don't fix the inside, right, if you don't take care of that, the outside is not going to follow. So the first thing I do, and, you know, just to get personal, I mean, I remember looking back on March 2nd, 2020, and I was looking ahead autumn. I had a calendar, you know, this months of speaking engagements. I was going to be flying all over the country. I was going to do a book tour, you know, and all of that evaporated. Mm -hmm. And I've also had a situation where I have a parent who's in hospice and all of a sudden I couldn't visit. And I felt like everywhere I looked, I had problems that I couldn't solve. But the first thing I do when I'm negotiating with myself is I ask myself about the problems I can solve. And so every day I wake up and I ask myself one question. I ask myself, what's the problem I want to solve today? And here's the thing, you know, we can't fix coronavirus with the snap of a finger. We can't, you know, maybe get back some of that stuff, you know, the, the celebrations that we were supposed to have that are gone. But there are things that are within our control that we can fix. And one of those for me has been my daily, my nutrition, my fitness, and my sleep. Those to me are one of the problems that I can solve. And so when I start there, you know, it's interesting because I think a lot of times people think, well, you know, if the world ended, wouldn't I have rather sort of eaten the chips? You know, to me, when I think about the problem I want to solve, the things that are most important in my life are really service, you know, service in the work I'm trying to do and like, you know, service to my family. And then also, I would say my own sense of peace. Like those were the things that I really felt like I wanted to prioritize. And both of those come when I take care of myself first. Right, you know, right. when I say it's really not for me about the chips. In fact, it's about drinking a lot of water and getting sleep. And I found that that not only helps to give me more energy to serve people, but it also regulates my mood and I've been happier, right? And better able to sort of feel that peace in the midst of like the crazy. And also take on a problem when you feel really good. So yeah. I want to dive into, you have an interesting, um, there's an interesting part in the book that talks about the type of question you ask. And I want to mm -hmm. get to that, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Okay, so we're back. So you talk. Okay, I'm gonna get the I'm gonna get the term wrong, and I should have wrote this down. But basically, there's a right way to ask a question and a wrong way to ask a question. <laughs> yes, there. Okay. Talk about that. So because basically, we don't want a like a closed question, right? Yes, that's exactly right. You know, and I think. A lot of times when we talk to other people or, you know, we talk to ourselves, we ask a closed question. And what's a closed question? It's basically a yes or no question, right? It doesn't give us a lot of information. And in the book, I compare this to fishing, right? And I, I talk about the time when I was a kid that I went fishing at my grandma's house. And basically, I stuck a line in the water and all day I waited to catch one fish, right? That's what you do when you ask a closed question. And let me give you an example of a closed question. Should I eat the chips? Okay, that is like a yes or no question. And it's really pretty unhelpful. I feel like when you spend every day asking yourself that question, you're not gonna move forward on your health and fitness goals, okay? Instead, I like to replace it with an open question, like fish with a net. So open questions are ones that start with what or how, or maybe like almost a command to somebody like, tell me. So instead of asking myself, should I eat the chips? I would ask myself, what do I need today? And I have to tell you, Autumn, that when I stopped asking myself, should I drink the alcohol? Should I eat the chips? And when I started asking myself, what do I need today? That was a totally different question. And the stuff that I was then journaling and writing down was like, you know, I need a feeling of um, peace. I need to feel energized to do everything that I need to do, try to homeschool my kid, right? And like deal with my business and clean the dishes, right? Since I have no help in the home. And when I figured out what I needed, 
the choice flowed from there. Then it was crystal clear as to whether I should eat the chips or, you know, whether I should stay up too late. All of my choices flowed from asking myself an open question and really figuring out, for example, what I need right? Because when you say something like, what do I need, right? You're, you're deciding, do I want to eat the chips? Yes or no. And the reason you want to probably eat those chips is you're looking for some instant gratification, right? I mean, don't get me wrong. We like chips. And sometimes you're just like, Hey, I want chips with my lunch. Okay, fine. Whatever you want chips with your lunch. But when you're sitting there and you've eaten all the food you should eat for the day and don't really need chips and you're not really hungry, totally. you're probably looking for some sort of pick me up, some sort of gratification. And if you say, what do I need? especially mm-hmm. when we're in the times that we're in right now. And the, and the answers all of a sudden start flowing of like, I need to feel some joy. Mm-hmm. I need to feel some fun. I need to not feel stuck. Like all of a sudden you could say, well, what else can I do to yes. bring me joy or to not feel isolated or not feel stuck? So all of a sudden you're asking yourself a question that allows you to come up with many other things that you can do other than eat chips that will probably bring you more joy than the five seconds of eating the chips and then the hours of guilt you might feel because people get stuck in this vicious cycle of I ate them and it tasted really good, but now I'm mad at myself because it actually took me three steps further away from my goal instead of towards my goal. Yeah, 100%. And, and let's be real, okay? I had that moment actually a couple of weeks ago. You know, I was looking ahead to this launch and everything else and thinking about how it was going to be different than what I thought. And all of a sudden, I was like, I must have cookie dough, okay? And I remember asking myself in the moment, what do I need? And it was that, like, I needed some joy. I needed some relief, you know? I needed, like, a good feeling in the midst of so much that was happening. And I had some cookie dough, and I sat there on the couch, and immediately I thought, you know, that didn't fix it. (laughs) Like, as it turns out, um, that cookie dough didn't bring anything back from the dead that was gone, right? (laughs) And it didn't bring tours back and it didn't bring travel. It didn't change any of the problems actually on hand. Because let me tell you, I would invest in that cookie dough. Okay. So if you go ahead and you invent that cookie dough, that's going to like bring my book tour back on them, give me a call. Right. And I'm going to, I'm going to take some stock in that. But really, you know, I paid attention to that. And then the next day I paid attention to how I felt when I woke up and I realized that not only did it not fix my joy problem, it kind of made it worse. You know, when you spend time talking to yourself and asking questions and looking in the mirror, you discover things like, I, Alex, can't really eat sugar when I'm in an anxious period. It's really, it's not great for me. It saps my energy, alcohol too. And so for different people, this is going to be different. But I know for myself now that when I need joy, when I need energy, when I need peace, I get that by fueling my body. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. And it all comes from the way you talk to yourself. Right. And I, I, we've talked about this before, too. It's about asking questions. It's not about blaming, you know, and I, I don't know if this is a place you want to go. But I think sometimes we ask ourselves questions that like blame ourselves and then we just feel worse. You know, right. there's the cookie dough you eat when you're looking for a little joy. And then there's the second round of cookie dough you eat when you're like, oh, man, I messed up. And you ask yourself a question like, why can't I get this under control? Right. Like, why do I always do that? And that type of blaming question then causes you to eat the cookie dough that you really, really did not want to eat. Yes. And that's such an interesting thing or such an interesting point too, because it's still not resolving the conflict. And so the goal is always to be using these 10 questions to resolve whatever the conflict is, be it with yourself or in a situation outside. Now, one of the things you said that I absolutely love in the book is that the best question you can ask is not a question at all. And I have been using this ever since I read it because I am the mom guilty of doing this all this time with my son. How was school today? Oh my God. And then I get this, fine. And I'm like, and then I get mad at him. I get, I get annoyed that all he says to me is fine. Because I'm looking to have a conversation and he's 11 and he's like, you asked me how it was. I said, fine. Like, what are you mad at? Oh my gosh. Yes. Stop saying that. I, and it really took like some work. Like it really took me focusing and saying, Dom, tell me about school today. Tell me what you learned. And then he like looks at me and he's like, 
well, but then he would go, he would go on a tangent right. and tell me. And I was like, oh, finally, that's what it took. Yeah. You know, it's crazy, right? Because we just talked about questions you should ask yourself. And then there's the questions that we're asking other people in our lives, right? And I think sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that we always know what's on our kid's mind, right? Or our spouse or the, the people closest to us, you know, and I too, Autumn, I can't believe how many years I was asking my daughter, like, did you have a good day at school? Right. You know, I mean, what's the answer to that? It's like a, hmm, I don't know, right? Or, or how was your day? These days, tell me are the two magic words that I use on every occasion. And I'm talking about whether I'm having a conversation with my daughter or I'm having a conversation with a potential client, right? You know, tell me what your company needs right now. Tell me what you most need. You know, what are you feeling these days? Those are the questions that open it up. But let me tell you actually a personal story about tell me and a conversation I had with my daughter. So last year, my daughter um, is a competitive swimmer. And she was swimming for a team in my town. And after her first meet, I was picking her up and she came running out of the locker room crying. Aww. And I said, Cece, what's wrong? And she said, mommy, I really don't like that locker room. You have to share showers. And a girl came in while I was showering and it was so awkward. Okay. So Autumn, right? We're probably thinking the same thing. I'm like, she's eight, she's almost nine. Maybe she's starting to like look at other people and wonder what they're thinking about her. Okay. But I didn't assume. I said, tell mommy what made it awkward. And she was like, oh, mom, isn't it obvious? And I'm like, I don't know. Tell mommy. And she goes, we wanted our shower at different temperatures. Oh, <laughs> Right. And I was like, mind blown. So wasn't expecting that. No, I was like picking up the pieces of my brain off the floor. Right. It just goes to show like you don't know. Right. You don't know what's in the mind of the person you're trying to reach as a customer. Maybe if you're like a health and fitness coach, you don't know what's in the mind of your kid. And so when and how, just ask, tell me. It's the best way to cast that big net and open up a conversation that you maybe never knew existed. And it's so true too, because I love that you can say, tell me, and you could say, tell me more. It's mm -hmm. something I use a lot um, when I'm trying to help people get to their, their why. When we're talking about getting to the, their deep why about why they want to exercise, why they want to lose weight, it, it, there's always a, what else? What mm -hmm. else? Okay. And why? And what will that change? And like, so going deeper and going deeper. And you know, everything you said that CC told you the first time, that was actually quite a bit of information. I feel like a lot of parents, including myself, probably would have stopped right there. She said, I don't like that shower. You have to share showers. That's awkward. I would have assumed just the problem was she doesn't want to be naked right with the girl in the shower. Yeah. But, you, but thank goodness you said, tell me more, like, tell me why. And yeah. she said, hello, like the water temperature. Like I would have never, ever, never. right? That that was coming. I would have thought she would have been like, mom, obviously we're naked. That's awkward. Like <laughs> and you would have been like, okay, she just told me that, but it, it's so important. And then like you said, so if we, so, okay. My brain, like I said, there's so many things. There's so many things. I do have a point on that though. Make, okay. okay so go ahead. Do that. I have a point. Cause you said, let's get to the why. Okay. And I feel like sometimes, even if you ask somebody, you know, tell me what's brought you to see me today, right? Which could be, a, you know, a question that, you know, you might ask people, you know, in your private work, you know, tell me what's brought you to see me. And somebody might say to you something like, Autumn, I'd like to lose 10 pounds, right? And I like to ask people, because you're right, that is not most of the time a sufficient why. That's right. like a surface level problem. And so what I like to ask people is to say, what would happen if you achieved that? Or and that is, that is one of the questions in the book, correct? It's what would happen if? Yes, right. That's a follow-up question to tell me because what that does is, and I'm sure you've experienced this and probably a lot of your listeners, if your why is simply like 10 pounds on the scale, I find that people quit the first time it gets hard, you know, because that's just a surface level thing. And so when you ask what would happen if you achieved that, all of a sudden people start giving you different answers. They're like, well, if I achieved that, I would feel really proud of myself. Or if I achieved that, I would have more energy to play with my kids. Or 
you know, if I achieved that, you know, I would start to have, you know, breakthroughs in my career as well. And so that then, that is the reason that's going to get you up in the morning. You know, in fact, when I came to you, I had the same thing where initially I was like, I want to lose 10 pounds and eat healthier. It wasn't until you challenged me, right? And we dug underneath that, that I found out all of the stuff that was there, you know? And when I started to fix that, that's when I felt like I was rocketing toward my goals in every area of my life. And that is the goal, you guys. The goal is to look at the stuff, to look at the nitty gritty, not the surface level, but to really go in and look at the stuff and and what is you know, self-discovery or asking the other person and having them look at their stuff, that's where you get to resolution, be it with yourself or somebody else, instead of just being like, well, you said, and you said, and you didn't want to do, or well, I didn't want to do, or it's hard to work out, or I don't have time. Like when you go in and you get deep on it, that's when you can really make progress. And I find that that's what so many people resist so hard. They don't want to look at the stuff. I was one of them like for years. I did not want to look at the deep stuff, but it's when you do that, you just open up so many pathways and things that make life and doing life so much happier, so much better, sometimes so much easier. Like it might be hard first, but eventually it makes it easier. Yes. And this is what I love about the title of your podcast, right? I thought I was coming to you to fix my nutrition, right? And my fitness. And what I discovered in that process when I looked at the stuff was that the same thing that was holding me back on my nutrition was holding me back in every area of my life. Why? Because when you went underneath my initial sort of 10 pounds goal, and you asked me, you know, what would life look like if you achieved that? I realized that my answer was, I would see myself as worthy of love and care. And I realized that what was holding me back across the board in my career, in my nutrition, and this is, you know, really personal stuff, was thinking that I was unworthy. And When I learned how to love myself the way I was, no matter what I ate that day or what happened, not only did it make my eating better because I was no longer feeling that shame and that blame on the inside, but you know, Autumn, the reason I wasn't able to write a book for so many years when I desperately wanted to is because I was afraid it wasn't going to be perfect. Right. And everything had to be perfect or it was nothing. And when I learned to live kind of in my imperfection, I thought, you know what? I don't need to be perfect. I just need to serve my reader. I just need to talk to that person at her kitchen table and it's all going to be fine. And once that mental shift happened, you're right. I couldn't stop writing this book. It was like I was just on a train and it was moving and I thought, okay, this, this has pulled out of the station. Let's do this. Yes. And boy, did it pull out of the station. It was like a freight train coming out of the station. So, okay. So we, you have two sections in the book. There is the first section, which is like questions to ask yourself. And the second section, which is questions to ask other people. Now, these two questions we've talked about, the tell me, and then what would happen if these are in the first section of the book, correct? So, so tell me is actually something that I like to ask other people. So the one that's for the first section, right? Like looking in the mirror, the equivalent of that is what's the problem I want to solve, right? So that's the first place that I start on every occasion, right? And I have other questions that we could talk about from, from that section where you're looking in the mirror. And then the window, right, is where you're trying to really see somebody else a little bit better. And for that, my first question to ask somebody else is tell me, right? Again, whether that's my daughter, whether it's a customer, whoever it might be. So here's what I want to say. So we've been talking a lot about ourselves. Let's, what I want to talk about really quickly is, you know, we have so many people tuning into the podcast. People are, um, jobs have changed, right? Like it's not that jobs have necessarily gone away, but they've definitely changed. And one thing that obviously me being a Beachbody super trainer that I've seen is that our business 
obviously is doing very well, both on the side of people wanting to work out, but also on the side of people wanting to be a Beachbody coach and sell Beachbody programs because it's a job you can do from home and, and it's a rewarding job. And so, so many people right now, be it whether they're trying to be a Beachbody coach or, or just do something else with their business, are trying to resolve the conflict of just how do I continue my business? How do I make it work? And I'm sure it feels very overwhelming. Yeah. Maybe not be working to not know when your job would come back, to not know what your job will look like when it does come back. So people are probably having a lot of internal turmoil within themselves about this job stuff, but then also trying to solve the problem about the actual job. So let's just talk quickly about Two questions they could ask themselves right now, because this is the perfect time to be asking yourselves the questions and starting to really think on them, like look at the stuff and journal and take notes. So what, what, what would be the two best questions they could ask themselves to get this process started? Good. Okay. I have them. The first question that your coaches or really anybody during this period, if you're an entrepreneur in any respect, you should wake up and ask yourself, how have I handled this successfully in the past? Okay, why is it important to ask this question? Two reasons. One, chances are you've had some prior successes, whether it's in, you know, now none of us has negotiated coronavirus before, okay? So we've never handled a pandemic, but I'm willing to bet, Autumn, that you've been through a period where you had to pivot your business, right? Where many many, right? Something happened where you didn't expect it and you had to change with changing information. Okay. Chances are you did something there that's going to serve you here. And so I want all of your listeners to go back to and think about a prior success. And I want you to journal it in detail. I want you to write down all of the strategies you used, right? Whether it was planning, whether it was telling people to hold you accountable, whether it was wearing a power outfit or listening to a playlist, I want you to write them all down. And here's the other reason that's important because it doesn't just give you data, but when you ask yourself about a prior success before you go out and invite someone or have a conversation, you're going to do it better. It's been proven. It's a power prime. And so that is a great question that you should ask, figure out your prior success And maybe it's not being a Beachbody coach. Maybe you were on the PTA and you ran a great event. Or maybe you lost weight and kept it off, which is an awesome success. And you use tools there, write it down, and transfer it to this situation. That's the first question. And I just want to say really quickly, because I, I did an interview with Chris Harder a few weeks ago. And I talked all about how there was times when I lost a job or there was times when the recession hit and I literally lost half of my clients in one week and that it was a huge pivot. I wasn't in a pandemic, but it was still like the recession had hit. The clients were drying up. I still had a child and a husband to help take care of. Like I had to do it. So going back and thinking of those times when you've been challenged and how you handle that challenge is so fantastic. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. And over life, we're going to have a lot of those, you know? And so this is, this will not be the last. And so getting that nailed down is only going to help for the future. Okay. So that was the first. The second question that I would ask, and I have been asking myself every day for the last seven weeks is what's my first step? That's it. And you and I, Autumn, talked about this for the book. And in fact, you're one of the experts I quoted in this chapter because you know that, right? Sometimes it's just one step at a time and that's how you're going to get there. In fact, frequently, you know, I set really big goals for this book. I set big goals for everything, Autumn. It's a disease, right? I can't help myself. You're the same way, right? Okay. But I got to tell you, I didn't get up every day and do 20 things. Some days I would get up and I would say to myself, I'm going to do one thing today to move me closer to my goal. And what I want your listeners to know is that if you've ever wondered how somebody does something huge, like write a book or build, you know, a seven figure business, I'm going to tell you the answer. The answer is that they did it one step at a time. And sometimes what happens, whether we're talking about weight loss or we're talking about building a business or writing a book and I've done this in the past, is you're looking at the finish line and it's so far away, you can't see it. 
And instead of taking that first step, you say, oh, I'll never make it. And you psych yourself out. Right. When in fact, you want to know how I wrote Ask for More? I wrote it 15 minutes at a time. I wrote it sitting in the stands at my daughter's swim meet. I wrote it sitting in the airport before I would get on a flight. I wrote it in between meetings. I wrote it at night. I would write when I had 10 minutes in a coffee shop. And that is how I wrote a book while being a mom and a wife and having at least a full-time job. The fact is that if you just got up every day and did one thing, you would be in a tremendous place a year from now and five years from now, you know, you would have no idea. I've, I've heard it said that we overestimate what we can do in a week, but we greatly underestimate what we can do in a year. Mm -hmm. And so my message here today is steer yourself and your relationships one step at a time. And then come back to Autumn a year from now and tell her about the world rocking things that you've accomplished one step a day. It's so true though. Everything is accomplished one step at a time, whether you're going to run a marathon, lose weight, start a new job, build a, build a business, build a career. Like you said, you know, you don't wake up, say, I'm going to do it, snap your fingers. And all at once it all happens, you know, like it's one step at a time. And if we can learn that instead of getting overwhelmed by the big goal, that's why it's so important to break things down into smaller mm -hmm. goals, then we will get there. It's, it's a funny thing. People always say, where do you see yourself five years from now? And it's so hard. I, I, I'll be the first to admit, like I tell people all the time, dream, dream big, aim for the stars. But if somebody would have asked me, now I've only been with Beachbody for seven years. Wow. Somebody would have asked me, the day I signed that contract, where I saw myself in five years, you guys, even after signing the contract with Beachbody, I would have never put myself where I am, doing all the things I've done, helping as many people as I've helped, um, having like three full-time jobs practically right now. <laughs> I know. Oh my God. I just would have never. And, and it wouldn't be because I purposely underestimated myself. It's just that when you start doing things one step at a time, you actually realize you can do way more than you thought you could. Yeah. I mean, you're climbing a mountain and you have no idea how high it is, you right. know? And, and here's the thing, like even from here, the view is spectacular. You know, when I look back at the beginning of our, you know, coaching relationship, and how much I have grown. If you had told me, you know, Alex, you know, if three years from now, here are all the many thousands of people you're going to be helping and you're going to be on the verge of this incredible career milestone. You know, I don't know that I would have believed it. And I too dream big. And so I don't know where I'm going to be three years from now. And I don't need to know that yet. The truth is, that I just need to wake up tomorrow and I need to crush the stuff that I'm doing then. That and when step at that, yep. right, one step at a time, and I have confidence in the universe, right, and in myself that when I do that, I am opening up the doors that are meant to be opened up and it's going to lead to someplace beautiful. Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. And I could literally technically end the podcast right there on such a powerful <laughs> moment, but... I want to talk to you about one more thing. I want to talk to you about one or two questions from the second half of the book. We did yes. talk about, tell me, let's take one more quick break and we'll be right back. Okay. So as we get towards the end of this there, again, there's so much information. You guys, the book is ask for more. It's by Alex Carter. It is available right now. You can get it. Um, on Amazon is where else can they order it, Alex? Through your website. Um, yep, there's a Barnes and Noble. You can get it through your um, independent bookstores at bookshop.org, um, and you can also visit me on my website, which is Alex Carter Asks. That's a s k s dot com. So lots of places to get it. You guys are. This is. I think I read the book in like a night and a half. Yeah. I got an advanced copy <laughs> and I was very excited and I literally couldn't put it down. I was like highlighting things and taking notes. Um, so I already read it uh, like two months ago, but um, you're going to want to get it and get more details. 
but we talked about the mirror section, which is the question yeah. ask yourself. And obviously there's five questions there and we didn't talk about all of them. Now we're going to talk about the window section and there's five questions there. And we talked about the fact that there is the tell me, which is mm-hmm. that one important question. Give us one more example of a question that you might ask somebody else to really awesome. help resolve a, re, resolve a conflict. Yeah. And let me give you the question that I've been asking the most recently, you know, during this crisis, I think, you know, we talked about the fear of the no autumn and how a lot of times people think, you know, the no means something terrible, right? You know, the no means that I have no worth as a person. This person doesn't like me and it means never. I have to tell you that I'm on a mission to get people to understand that no is frequently just the start of a conversation. And these days, I like specialize almost in turning no to yes by asking one question. I ask people, what are your concerns? Hmm. I mean, I have, you know, over the course of the last six weeks, I had a lot of in-person speaking events where people said, all right, you know, um, we're going to cancel. And I got on the phone and I said, you know, we have other options. We could do something virtually. And they would say, no, that's not going to work for us. Did I hang up the phone? I did not. I asked, what are your concerns? And sometimes people would say things like, well, we can't have a virtual event because we don't have the technology to host it. Well, um, I do. And they said, okay, great, let's do a virtual event, right? Or, or sometimes people would say, well, you know, we're not sure, um, you know, what that would cover. And I could send a proposal. The fact is that when you ask people their concerns, you know, during a crisis, it's so easy for people to say no. I feel like folks are really stressed, right? And like almost the automatic answer is no, just because we feel like we have so much on our plates And we can't see immediately how somebody could help us. Right. When I ask, what are your concerns? And I really honor it. You know, I really listen to what's going on for them in their lives. I'm telling you, Autumn, that I have found so many ways to work together and continue to serve people during a pandemic, even at home. You know, I remember sort of battling with my daughter over screen time. I don't know if anybody else on this call, right, is dealing with, you know, their kids. We all are. Oh, my God, I right? A parent out there is dealing with Fortnite as much as I am. I uh, uh, for us, it's, it's Roblox, right? Okay. So yes. Roblox, the other scourge of humanity at the moment, yes. okay? So, <laughs> you know, and I remember talking to my daughter about wanting to limit the screen time, and she was really unhappy. And I asked her, instead of being like, give me a break, okay, this, I'm the mom and, and my word goes, I asked her what her concerns were. And you know what she said, Autumn? It wasn't so much about avoiding schoolwork, which is what I assumed. It was more about that's the way that she connects with her friends. Yep. She's an only child, mm-hmm. and it was really important for her to maintain those social ties. And yep. that was then a totally different conversation. Instead of saying, you know, I don't want you to avoid your schoolwork, I was like, all right, let's figure out ways that we can work together, that you can stay connected with your friends. And mom can also feel comfortable that you're still getting time to play outside, that you're still reading, and you're still, you know, doing everything you need to do for third grade. Totally different conversation. And so these days, especially during a time of change and uncertainty and stress, I would ask the people around you what their concerns are. And when you do it, you very often open a magic door to figuring out a solution. I love that so much because just in those two examples, you showed how asking that question, what are your concerns, can serve you in your business. Mm-hmm. but also served you with your, is Cece's eight? She's nine now. Not, yeah. see, with, a, with your nine-year-old daughter. It, right. it, it, it's not just about, like Alex said, it's not about did you put on a suit and go solve a corporate no. problem. You know, it's about whether or not you're having that argument with your significant other. Maybe one of you wants to make a, a bigger investment in something and the other one doesn't okay, like instead of just battling that you're not hearing me or I'm not hearing you, it's like, Mm -hmm. what are your concerns? Yes. Why why don't you want to make this investment? Well, why do you want to make it? And then you guys come to this happy medium. So I just love like 
the questions are so, when, when I read the book, I was like, it was almost like one of those things where I was like, huh, I kind of feel almost dumb for not having realized it, they're so basic. They're, they're so very basic. basic. And it's the slightest little tweak to how you talk and how you interact with somebody that makes all the difference in the world. But that's really what communication is. I mean, it could be just the, the tone of your voice or like you said, how you ask the question that can make the world of difference in solving a problem or making a problem 10 times worse. Yeah. You know, I feel like there's a lot of similarity between what we do in that I think people would be surprised to know that you don't have to rearrange all the mental furniture in your head, right? To learn how to communicate better and to start really solving problems. Like you said, it's like a slight shift that you make every day. Same thing, you know, with your health and fitness, right? It's just like kind of one thing a day. And then over time, it really builds to something else. But to, to circle this back, you know, this podcast is about doing life. And when I wrote this book, you know, a lot of publishers wanted it. One publisher did not because they said, we're only interested in business. You know, so would you write that book? And I said, no, because I want to serve people in every area of their lives. And I know, and especially right now, Autumn, where the difference between home and work is I walk 10 feet down the hall, right? It's all together, right? It's all life. And so it's my kitchen, it's hiding in my bedroom, it's like being out on the front porch. It's wherever I can find five minutes of silence to do I know. what I need to do. Right? It's like I, I literally got on a FaceTime with some of my mom friends from the bathroom, right? And we're all whispering to try to like not be disturbed. But really, it's about life. And I want people to know that asking the right questions of yourself and of other people around you is going to improve everything in your life, no matter what you do for a living, where you live, you know, who's living in your home with you. I know that you can achieve, you know, your highest and best and feel great doing it with just a few simple changes to the questions you're asking every day. There it is, you guys. It's that simple. Like let's do life to the very best of our ability and let's ask for more from life. From everything we do in life, ask for more from yourself, ask for more from the people around you, ask for more from your job. It's okay to do it. So let's do life and ask for more. Again, the book is Ask for More, 10 Great Questions to Negotiate Any Conflict. Did I get it right? Almost. I screwed up anything. Anything. <laughs> anything. I'll get it right one of these days, you guys. It's ridiculous that I haven't mastered this title yet. Alex Carter, thank you so much for joining us. If you guys want to check out the book again, you can get it at alexcarterasks.com, Amazon, or any other local book retailer. So make sure you guys check it out. Alex, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Let's Do Life podcast with me, Autumn Calabrese. This show is produced by Will Sterling for Podcast One. Be sure to download new episodes every week and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at podcastone.com. And don't forget to leave a rating and review.